welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword new song. And now, check out our message of the week. That being said, are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Let's do it. Get out your sermon notes. We are going to talk about um, somebody that I did not expect to talk about in the series, and I just really felt the Lord pushing me in this direction. I I had every intention of talking about... um, Noah today, and it just and I really just felt like the Lord pushed me towards King Josiah um, in the Old Testament, and, and there's a reason why, as we continue this series called Lesson Learned, um, Josiah learned a lesson, and he learned it the hard way, but this is, this is a lesson that we need to learn. We need to learn a lesson from his lesson, and um, I want you to pay attention today because th- this, this message actually had me convicted most of the week, actually, just personally had me convicted the most of the week, and I'll explain why in, in a second. So we're going to read about King uh, Josiah, and I want to read one verse first. This is in Second, Second Kings, and we find the story of jo- Josiah in Second Kings and actually Second Chronicles as well, but Second Kings 23, 25 says, Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him, who turned to the Lord as he did with all of his heart and with all of his soul and with all of his strength in accordance with all the law of Moses. I, I, want, I want to show you something here. Who, who is the, the, the king of Israel that we talk about the most? It would be King David. But this verse very clearly says, neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him. And, and so anytime you read something like that, uh, you need to pay attention. Like, you need to pay attention. In the story of Josiah, I'm going to give it to you very uh, concisely, very quickly, that he actually had, um, of course, he was the, the son of kings. And so his, his grandfather was King Manasseh, and his grandfather, King Manasseh, was one of the most wicked kings throughout the entirety of the Old Testament. And in fact, his father, King Ammon, was also a very, very wicked king. And King Ammon was actually assassinated when when Josiah was eight years old. And that means at the age of eight years old, Josiah was made king. Now, my daughter Delight is nine years old, so put that in perspective. Okay, we're talking an eight-year-old was the king of Israel. And sometime later, about 18 years later, he started doing things that were just amazing in the sight of God. And I just want to list some of the things that made him one of the greatest kings, really the greatest king in the history of the Israelites. Are you ready for this? So at a very young age, don't tell me that God cannot use young people. Don't tell me that, that God cannot use people who are children or teenagers or 20-year-olds or, or 30-year-olds. I, I promise you, God can use anybody at any age. I promise you that. So we see that King Josiah actually rebuilt the temple, 
And, he, and in, in that, he also called for national repentance because they found the law of Moses and, and, and Hilkiah actually read the law of Moses to Josiah and Josiah tore his clothes and he said, we've got to repent because we've been sinning against God. And he called upon the nation for repentance. Think about it like this. How, how, how many of you think it would be awesome if our, if, if our current president or any future president read the Bible and, and spiritually tore his clothes, not literally, because that'd be scary, but, but in his heart, he, he tore his clothes, meaning he, he went into a time of, it was a sign of repentance and mourning that, that we have not been obeying the word of God. How many think that would be incredible if, if one of our presidents would actually just fully, fully repent and mourn for the direction that our nation has gone and call the entire nation to repentance. Wouldn't that be great? And it happened in Josiah's day. And so he did not allow for pagan worship. In fact, there were idols set up on the high places and he had all of those destroyed. And, and he, he, uh, he actually restored, at some point in the nation's history, they had, they had they had stopped observing the Passover, and he actually restored the observance of the Passover, and he removed all of the witches and all of the mediums and all of the, the um, uh, psychos, um, godless psychos, let's call them that, uh, from the land. He just said, no, 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 we're not going to have any sorcerers or witches or mediums or spiritists. They're out of here. Like, that's just not... And, and I want to tell you something, new song. I don't talk about this very often. Um, it's been years since I've said anything. But be very, very careful about what you watch, about what you watch, about what you allow in your home, about what you allow in your mind, in your thoughts. Um, any, 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 type of, any type of sorcery or mediums or spiritists or... Or, or witches, let's just, let me just say it like this, don't honor that with your mind or in your home. Don't do that. That's a dangerous game that you play uh, because the devil is real and so are his demons. And, and just as God is real, so is our enemy, okay? And um, uh, let, let me just say those things are not from God. And Josiah was actually, Josiah was actually um, uh, smiled upon by God because he chose to get rid of everything that was not of God, including things that had to do with witchcraft or, or um, uh, demonic forces, mediums. Uh, don't, don't ever read tarot cards. Don't, don't, don't ever go to a um, uh, medium, uh, a psychic. Uh, don't, just, don't, just don't do that. And you say, well, is, is that legalism for me telling you that? Uh, no, 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 not legalism. That's just the Word of God. It's just the Word of God. We need to stay away from those things, okay? So that's just a word from the wise. So Josiah did just incredible things in his life to bring his nation and his, and his people back to God. And God honored him. But then he learned a lesson the hard way. And it was really the only thing that's recorded in the scripture that, that, that he did that, that he shouldn't have done, but he did. And, and you're going to read this and say, well, 
Boy, what, what's the big deal about that? Well, I'll, I'll show that, this to you in a second. This is in 2 Chronicles chapter 35, starting in verse 20. We're going to read it in your sermon notes and on the screens. After all of this, when Josiah had set the temple in order, Necho, king of Egypt, went up to fight at Carchemish on the Euphrates, and Josiah marched out to meet him in battle. But Necho sent messengers to him, saying, What quarrel is there, king of Judah, between you and me? It is not you I am attacking at this time, but the house with which I am at war. God has told me to hurry. So stop opposing God, who is with me, or he will destroy you. Now, let me say this. Every theologian agrees. We don't know if that's... We don't know if that king, Nico, is telling the truth or not. Like, we don't know. Like, anybody, let me say it this way, new song, listen to your pastor. Anybody can tell you, well, God told me to tell you, and that doesn't mean necessarily that God told them to tell you. I've had a lot of people over the course of years, decades and decades, actually, I've heard a lot of people say, this is what the Lord says, only for them to, to have been far off the mark. Far off the mark. Now, that doesn't mean their hearts were bad. It doesn't mean that they had bad motives. How many know that great Christians still make mistakes sometimes? In fact, all of you at some point in your life probably thought that you heard something from God only to find out, oh, that really wasn't God at all. Like, um, some... some let me say it this way. It's an area that we have to be very, very cautious about because God does use people. He, he does give people words of knowledge and words of discernment and words of wisdom. Uh, he, he does give people prophetic words to share with one another. And some people can come up to you and say, you know what, I've been praying for you and, and, and the Lord really spoke this uh, um, to me to give to you. Just in fact, what I did this morning with Pastor Tony to say, hey, I was praying for you months ago and this is what the Lord wanted me to tell you. I really believe that that was from God. But does everybody always get it right? No. And you need to pray about that. You need to weigh it out. I had one lady come up to me one time. I was just hired at, at, a, at, a, at a church in DeMont and she came up to me and she said, well, and she was kind of known as the, 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 the prophetess slash weirdo of the church, okay? Is that too blunt? How many know a, a prophet or prophetess slash weirdo that you've seen in the past? Okay, so this is one of those ladies, and she was just always trying to prove a point, uh, and it usually wasn't a very good point. Um, in fact, one time she cornered me. She was going to another church, which we were grateful for. Um, and she cornered me. She said, "She said, you know what? The other day I was going door to door witnessing, and and somebody I said, well, what, do you have a need that I can pray for you about? And 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 they said, no, but I really need some cigarettes. So I just went to the store and bought her some cigarettes. Now I don't care about that, but what she was trying to do was trying to trap me. She she was setting a trap for me, and I just looked at her and said, well, that's between you and God." You don't have to tell me that. I wasn't going to be. I wasn't going to fall into that trap. Um, and, and trust me, she was waiting for a response. It was this same lady who, who uh, years before I had not figured out yet that she was a weirdo. Um, and she came up to me. She said, "You can buy a Christmas tree." 
I'm like, well, thanks for your permission. I don't, you know, what's that about? And I looked at her, what? You can buy a Christmas tree. She said, you'll be here long enough to buy a Christmas tree. But next year, you're not going to be here. The Lord's going to move you on. Well, I was at that church for five years. And um, long after she told me that, and um, I, I just figured out she just didn't like me. And she wanted me to leave next year. That's the, that's the kicker. So, <laughs> encourage your pastors, everybody. So, if anybody comes to me today and talks to me about Christmas trees, I will smack you. I will, <laughs> I will take you outside and smack you. All right. So, uh, <laughs> but true story, true story. If I were to say her name, I, this is being recorded, so I'm not going to say her name, but if I were to say her name out loud, my parents would know who she is. Uh, she was a weirdo. Okay, verse 22. So we don't know if this king, we don't know if this king is telling the truth or not about what God told him. We don't know. But Josiah, verse 22, Josiah, Josiah however, would not turn away from him, but disguised himself to engage him in battle. He would not listen to what Nico had said at God's command, but went to fight him on the plain of Megiddo. Now that's where a lot of theologians would say, well, it seems to us that he believed that the Lord spoke to Nico. Now, verse 23, archers shot King Josiah and he told his officers, take me away, I'm badly wounded. So they took him out of his chariot, put him in his other chariot, and brought him to Jerusalem where he died. And he was buried in the tombs of his ancestors in all Judah and Jerusalem, mourned for him. And watch this, verse 25, Jeremiah composed laments for Josiah. Jer Jeremiah, as in Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah the prophet lamented the death of Josiah. That's how incredible of a king Josiah was, but he made a mistake. He went somewhere that he was not supposed to go. He challenged somebody that he was not supposed to challenge, and he lost his life. Now, again, uh, no, no scholar, no theologian can put can, can put on this story exactly what Josiah had in mind when he did this. However, the vast majority of them agree that there must have been some level of high-mindedness. There must have been, let me say it like this, there must have been some level of pride that says, whether God said or not, I can do this. Whether God said or not, uh, we can get this done. Whether God said or not, I've got the power and, and I'm going to take you out. That there was some level of pride in the life of Josiah. And can I tell you this? This is for all of the, the ones who would consider yourselves spiritually mature in Christ. That you've grown in Christ, you've learned a lot in Christ. And this is how the Lord truly convicted me this past week. That, that I've, I, have, I, I just want to be transparent in front of you. And I think it's good for me, and I think it's good for all of you to hear this, that as you grow in the Lord and as you, as you grow in wisdom, as you grow in the things of God and the knowledge of the Word of God, it is so easily, listen, spiritually mature, it's so easy to become prideful 
about what you know and what other people don't. And it's so easy to walk around thinking that you've got all of the answers. Well, if everybody would just listen to me, then their lives would be a lot better off. The problem is that you want everybody to listen to you. Instead of saying, stepping on your toe type of moment, you know, if everybody would just listen to God. There's a difference. I, I have had times in my life where I thought to myself, boy, if people would just listen to me, instead of thinking, if people would just listen to God. If pe- you see the difference? You see the difference? And can, I, can I just call all of us to repentance in this area? If you struggle with that, can I tell you, without God in my life, I would be the biggest fool I would have nothing to offer without God in my life, without his word in my heart. I would have nothing to offer. And it is through him and only through him that I have any wisdom whatsoever. He is wisdom. He is wisdom. And, and God, has, God has caught me. He, he's, 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 is this too transparent for you? Okay, he, he's... He spoke to me about this and said, Justin, there's some issues I need to deal with in you before you present this to your church body. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll listen to you. Because I want to get this thing right. I want to get this thing right. How many just want to get your walk with the Lord right? Okay, let's do it together then. Could we just do it together? Just, let's just get our walk with the Lord right. Pride. Let's, let's write these things down. Number one. Pride is an inward battle that produces outward consequences. It's an inward battle that produces outward consequences. You know this verse, Proverbs 16, 18, that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Okay, can I tell you something? I've, I've taught you this in the past. Leave that verse right up there. I've taught you this in the past, that, that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power to love and a sound mind. That fear is a spirit. It is a demonic spirit. So is, the Word of God says, a haughty spirit, a spirit of pride. Just as, if there's a, just, just as there is a spirit of fear, there is also a spirit of pride. There is a spirit of haughtiness. There is a spirit of high-mindedness, and we need to reject that. We, we need to refuse that. We need to resist that, and he will flee. Everybody know what I'm talking about? And, and when it comes to pride versus humility, we need to resist pride, and it will flee as we embrace humility. Everybody with me so far? But make no mistake about it, that pride is an inward battle that really all of us face. Because every person in this room has thought this thought. Well, if you would just listen to me. Or, here's another one, if you would have just listened to me. Right? I mean, all of us have had this battle on the inside, but this is what the Bible says. It is an inward battle that produces outward consequences, that pride comes before a fall. It comes before destruction. That if you stay on the path of pride, destruction is in your future. And if I were to say, how many of you want to be destroyed down the road? 
Every one of you say, not me, not me, not me. How many know it's time to dump some pride then? Because we don't want to, we don't want to experience destruction. We don't want to fall. We want to be successful. We want to rise, right? We want to go forward in power and in love and in strength and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we need to drop our pride. Number two, pride often hides behind good intentions or perfection. <laughs> Woo, I just probably wrote that just for me. Because I'll tell you some of the pride that I've been dealing with, everybody, that I didn't know until God showed this to me, that it was hiding, it was veiled behind good intentions. It was veiled behind, hey, I want to help you, so listen to me. It, it, was, it was hidden there. It was, and it was so hidden that even I didn't see it. Let, let me say it this way. That pride often hides behind or is veiled behind good intentions or perfection. But you know it's pride when it exalts me instead of God. Write that down. And you know that it's hidden. You know that it's being veiled when, when, when what you say is correct, but it exalts you instead of God. Man, th this is, I wish somebody would have taught me this when I was younger. And they probably did. I was just too prideful to listen. <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I, I don't, I'll, I'm going to say this. I have learned that lesson. I think God has been very, very patient with me because Every time somebody's complimentary about the church or my teaching or whatever, I, I, I really do believe and I, and I try my best to always say, hey, glory to God, all glory to God. Like that's the grace of God. And, I, and I'll say those things, and it's true, it's from my heart. But, but so there certainly is some level of humility there. There certainly wasn't always pride, but, but pride, I don't know about your life, but in my life, it, there was, it was just hidden. It was hidden behind good intentions and behind perfection. And on, on the inside, I really loved the fact that, that my name was spoken of highly, and I never considered the name of the Lord, or at least not as much as I should have. And, and, and odds are, if your pastor... Deals with this, the keeper of the gate, so does the sheep. And this is, this is an area, everybody, could we just humble ourselves before the Lord and just allow God to get all of the glory all of the time? All of the glory all of the time. Because number three, and, and this is an area that maybe some struggle with, Pride often commits the sin of comparison. Well, if I have something to say to you, it's because I'm better than you. Now, you don't think that, but that's what you think. You don't actually say that, but that's what you're saying in your mind. Like, well, if they would just listen to me, what you're saying is, when I compare myself to you, I'm better. I'm just better. When I compare myself to you, when I've compared my decisions to what to the decisions that you're making, I'm just better. I'm just more wise. I'm just, I'm just smarter. And, and can I tell you something, everybody? That's just good old-fashioned pride. But should I say it this way? That's just bad old-fashioned pride. And we, we got to fix some things in our life. If you say, well, I still, I don't know if I'm 
prideful or not. I, I don't know if I'm dealing with pride. Well, here's some signs of pride in your life, all right? I spend time teaching and never learning. I'm always trying to tell people how to do things, but, but I don't take the time to actually learn things myself. Maybe on the job, you're always trying to tell everybody, what, everybody else what to do, but when somebody tries to, to give you a point or you reject them, you're always teaching and never learning. You've got a pride problem. Now, now I'm starting to step on more toes. It's only going to get worse, everybody. Sorry. Uh, I like to speak, but I fail to listen. And that's similar to the first one. I love to speak, but I fail to listen. I love to, I love to say what I want to say. I love to tell everybody my opinion. I love to tell people how to do things, but I don't listen when people talk. I just, I'm just going to do it my way because I've analyzed it and my way is right. Ouch. What about this one? I love receiving praise and I forget to glorify God. I love receiving praise and I forget to glorify God. I view people as a bother instead of a blessing. Oh, that's a sign of pride. When people are around you and, and they're dysfunctional and they're making poor choices and, and you say, oh, you're irritating me. Oh, you're irritating me. Why can't you grow up? Why can't you be smarter? Why can't you do anything right? You're, you're considering people a bother instead of a blessing. Did you know, did you know, did you know that those people are... They very well could be, watch this everybody, they could be God's blessing in your life. Let me explain. Because they will challenge you to lower your pride. They will challenge you to lower your selfishness your egotism, your slightly narcissistic ways. They force you to get your eyes off of yourself and put it on somebody else who actually needs some help. See, when people become a bother to you, that's a pride issue. Because when, they, when you're bothered by them, the odds of you helping them are really slim, and, but yet they're the ones that need help. They need the help. And, and this is, this is can, can I tell you, can I tell you, oh, this is so great. Uh, can, I, can I tell you, oh, how do I word this? God really challenged me on this years and years and years ago, where, where, Jesus is looking over the city and he, he weeps because he says he sees sheep that are, are helpless. He has compassion on them. He said they're like sheep without a shepherd. Uh, they have no help. They have no help. And he weeps over them. And I was praying one day and I said, well, Lord, send me those type of people and, and, and send me to them. Send them to me and send me to them. And, and let me just minister to those who are helpless and hopeless. Like God, what, whatever people, what's this new song? What, whatever people that no other church in Plymouth wants, you can send them to new song. And I'll love them. And I'll serve them. And can I tell you that it has been one of the biggest challenges in my life. And it has also been one of the biggest blessings in my life. Because 
the Lord knows I needed help. And he sent a lot of you to help me out as I would reach those who were just helpless and hopeless. And then he called you to reach those who are helpless and hopeless. And now we get to do it for the glory of the Lord. We get to do it for the glory of his name. And can I tell you, when people come in this church, they are messy sometimes. Messy. But I love them. And they are a blessing to me. Think about this. That God would entrust us with people who have no hope and are in dire need of help. And he says, I know of some faithful servants at New Song Church. And I'm going to get these people to those people because they will help. Because they will serve. Because they will love. And by the way, in the middle of that, we're storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust doesn't destroy. How many know what I'm talking about? That people are never, don't ever let people be, don't ever let people be a bother to you. Always let them be a blessing. Father, thank you for allowing me the, the opportunity to be a blessing to this family, to be a blessing to this person. I realize that they need you, and I'm going to help them find you. I'm going to help them discover your love and your grace and your mercy. And all of a sudden, everybody, you'll realize that the people that have been bothering you are actually a blessing to you. There's a part of me that just wants to stop right there and just say, think about that. Focus on that. We never know who are going to come through our church doors, do we? We don't know. I could tell you stories, everybody. I could tell you some stories. I, I don't have time enough this morning, but boy, could I tell you some stories. Great stories. Stories of healing. Funny stories. One time I thought a, a girl that come up, I thought that she was just having an incredible time with Jesus. She was just weeping and just, I just, I thought, boy, she's just repenting and repenting and just going after God. And I walk up to her to pray with her, and, and, and uh, I, I realize that, that, she's, that I've never seen anybody more drunk than she was that day <laughs> on a Sunday morning. I mean, she was wasted, everybody. She was, and you could smell it. And she goes out in the, the parking lot and just loses it, if you know what I'm talking about, in a very physical way, not a mental way. She just... She had started early that day, apparently, and she has no recollection of that event whatsoever. Um, I love it. I love it. People are, are a blessing. They are not a bother. Uh, here, here's another sign of pride, that I don't, take, I don't take the blame even when it's my fault, that you don't take the blame. You, you struggle with pride if you refuse to take the blame when it's obviously your fault. I told my wife, here's, here's something, and it's our culture, everybody. If you, ever go through, if you ever go through a restaurant and they mess up your order, what are the odds of them apologizing these days? Over and over and over again, we have, we have people that mess up in their workplace, and, and we have to call them on, oh, by the way, you got this wrong, could you fix that? Oh, and that's all they say. No, no, hey, I'm sorry about that, let me make that right. 
Well, you know why, everybody? That's just, that's just pride. It's just, hey, if I mess up, I'm not going to own up. That, that, that I don't take the blame even when it's my fault. And I've, I've taught you this. I've taught my staff this over and over again. When we mess up, we own up. When we mess up, we own up. If I mess up, I'm going to tell you that I messed up. And some of you I've had. Some of you have called me, and it was like three days later, I remember, oh, I never called them, and I'll call you, and I'll say, I am so sorry, I just forgot. Please forgive me. And I've never had one person to say, no, pastor, I'm just not going to forgive you. Okay? Can I just tell you, people will honor you if you're just truthful. They'll honor you. They don't care if you make a mistake. Just be honest about it. All right? Man, that's a good word for all of us today. The last one, here's, well, it's not the last, there's so many more, but here are the ones. I focus on what's important to me, but not what's important to others. You know you have a struggle with pride if you're just focusing on what's important to you, and you don't take time considering what's important to somebody else. Um, let me break this down to you, and you guys already know where I'm going with this. But everybody, here's the point. We've got to humble ourselves. And this is how we do it, number four. Of greatest important, of greatest importance in my life and in your life as followers of Christ is God and others. And you know that if, you, if you've been in Sunday school one time, you know this to be true. I mean, if you spent just one day in Sunday school, you, you, you know, you've probably learned the golden rule. You, you've, you've probably learned to treat others better, to, to look out for others. But Matthew 22 says it this way, starting in verse 34. It says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. And one of them, an expert in the law, tested him, tested Jesus, with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God, with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. What are those commandments? To love God and love others to love God and love others. And if you are going to love God and love others, humility is required. In fact, write this down, number five. Humility is the result of true love since it takes the focus off of me and onto somebody else. It takes the focus off of me and onto somebody else. But when you live your life to glorify you, to exalt you, when you live your life wanting the focus instead of allowing other people to have the focus, everybody, uh, uh, that's a problem. When you live your life wanting to exalt yourself, when you live your life wanting people to think of you as being wise, want to think of you as having all of the answers or having all of the money or having all of this stuff, can I, can I tell you something? Don't live your life like that. That's the wrong way to live life. Don't live your life exalting yourself. Live your life loving God with everything you have and loving others. First God, then others, and then me. First God, and then others, 
and then me. New song, here's the word of the Lord for us today. Let's just humble ourselves before the Lord. Let, let me say it this way. This is not a prophetic word, but, but let me just focus in on some people here who might be struggling with pride. You're not all that. You're not the smartest. You're not the greatest. You're not the wealthiest. You're, you're not the most beautiful. You don't have all of the answers. I don't have all the answers. We just humble ourselves. And, and instead, of, instead of trying to build ourselves up in front of others, let's live our lives to build up God in front of others. Instead of living our lives to make us famous, let's live our lives to make God famous. Let's live, truly live for the glory of his name. That's why the Bible says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, O Lord, but to your name be glory. Amen? You received the word of the Lord today? Was it convicting? If it was convicting to you and you're going to humble yourself before the Lord and others, stand up with me. If you're going to be prideful, just stay seated. No reason to get up. <laughs> I got you there, didn't I? <laughs> well, I better watch what I say. Some people might not be able to stand up. I better not. I won't say that in the second service. I'll fix that. What, one of the, I, I want to end with this thought very quickly. One of the things that I hear more than anything else about New Song is that New Song is the most inviting church in the area, that we just welcome whoever comes in, and we love them the way that they are, and that's the truth. I hear that all the time, all the time. And I want to say, New Song, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. But we've grown a lot, and we've experienced a lot, and, we're, and there's, more, there's more growth coming, and there's more experiences coming, and there's greater results that are coming. There, there's, there's, there, there are higher rewards and higher blessings and bigger blessings on their way. But this is just a reminder to us all that it's all about God and not about us. And Pastor Lowell and I have had a talk for years and years and years, over a decade. By the way, he's preaching down in Wabash today while Pastor Tony and Sherry are here with us in service. From, from, from the get-go of this church as we've just experienced steady growth and steady growth and steady growth, and it's just ongoing growth all the time. He, 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 Lowell, I can't tell you the number of times where Lowell has come to me and said, Justin, let's just do one thing. Let's just make sure that we don't get prideful. Because I have seen churches become prideful and they fall apart. They think that they're all that and they fall apart. Let's never do that. And, and, and I said, I, I looked at Lowell years ago, over a decade ago. I said, Lowell, let's hold each other accountable for that then. Let's just make sure we stay humble. Let's, let's just make sure that, that we glorify God in all things at all times. And that's the purpose of my life. That's why I live my life, everybody. 
but isn't it interesting in this that the Lord showed me some areas of my life? When, when you, when, and it's just natural, everybody. When you counsel so many people as I counsel them, and, and, and you're, always, you're, you're telling people things that you've already learned, it's so easy to think that you, it's so easy to start thinking that you're the one that has the answers instead of God that has the answers. And, and that's that one area that God has challenged me. Where did he challenge you today? That was God's challenge to me. What, did, what has he challenged you in? And could we just be a, a church that, that humbly loves God and loves one another and loves every single person that comes through the doors and loves your neighbors, even the annoying ones, and your coworkers, even the annoying ones, that we just love them and we serve them, care for them in the name and for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to live for the glory of your name. And we agree with the psalmist today. And we say this, not to us, O Lord, but to your name be glory. We choose in this day a life of humility. We choose in this day to humble ourselves before you, admitting that without you, Father, we are nothing. Without you, we have no wisdom. Without you, we don't have any knowledge or understanding. Without you, Father, we are foolish. And forgive us for the times that we were high-minded and prideful. Forgive us for those times. And help us to live our lives in humility, which is an act of true love that gets the focus off of us and onto somebody else. Help us to live our lives like that as we live for the glory of your name and the expansion of your kingdom. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.